All right. Are we ready for the word this morning? Amen. We're in the book of Colossians. What a surprise. You know, if you think we've been in Colossians a long time, just ask somebody who was around here 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Were you here, Una, for that? Not yet. Okay, so yeah, so we've been out 12, 13 years then. Um, we spent two and a half years in the book of Romans. <laughs> um, it was such a great time. And it was, you know, the, the book of Romans is so rich, so, so amazing. Um, and literally, people's books of Romans were falling out of their Bible. I mean, they were because we were turning there so often that when we got to the end, we, we couldn't just be done. Of course, Shan remembers this. And so we rented the, the now it's the elementary school, Big Bear Elementary School. We rented it and had a graduation ceremony for all those who completed the book of Romans. And Pastor Mike was there in his doctoral robes. And he, you know, everyone got a diploma from the book of Romans and... And it was a lot of fun. We're not going to do that. We're not going to spend two and a half years either. We're already halfway through the book of Colossians. And I hope you've been getting something out of it. I have. This has been so good for me. We're a small group this morning. A few people. What? Give me a, just maybe a, a, a couple of word summary of what you think you've heard so far in the first two chapters of Colossians. What have you learned? Yeah. Jesus is our all in all. Excellent. Thank you. Somebody was paying attention. This is when you're put on the spot. You, you ever do that after church? I'm giving you a little second to think about your response here. You know, you, you, you get out of church. It's 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You talk to somebody, and you go, so how was yours? Oh, it was great. I, the message was really good. And they say, what was it about? And you go, don't remember. <laughs> I just remember sitting there thinking this is really good. <laughs> all right, some other things. Jesus is in our, our all in all. What else have you gleaned from the, the book of Colossians? The supremacy of Christ. Excellent. Anyone else? Philip? Things. He is the one that binds us. Excellent. That's right. <laughs> We're all crazy. Grace and mercy to us. His grace and mercy to us. Good. Excellent. Anyone else? Don't be bound by the law. Some good, some great stuff in Colossians. As we are, are going on here in, in chapter 3, we're going to start off with a, with a word. And the first word in my version is the wrong word. It's just, it just is. It says, If says, if. Who has the word since? Your versions are more correct. Because the if is not a if as in not, like maybe it's not possible. Well, if this has happened, it's, it's really assuming that it has. So the, a better translation really is the word since. Fathers, we go into the book of Colossians in chapter 3 this morning. Help us to uh, hear what you want to say. God, even as in the book of Revelation, it says, he who has an ear, let him hear 
what the Spirit says to the church. Father, help us to have an ear this morning to what you want to say to each and every one of us in Jesus' name. What I love about the preaching of the Word is that somebody can preach a message and there'll be 20 different messages received in the congregation. And it's happened to you. You've gone to somebody else and say, wasn't that word great? And somebody will say something and you says, I don't remember that being part of the message. But that ministered to them. And then what's ministered to you, somebody else says, I don't remember them saying that. God has got a way in the preaching of the word of taking the word that's preached and turning it rhema into each and every one of us. And so now we have to be careful to not hear the word because sometimes it's not God bringing us a word. It's us hearing something and us because of our filters that we've talked a little bit about uh, making the word fit our circumstances and and we can actually miss the word of god so we want to really be a spiritual thing that we would hear the message god has for us this morning and not not be lost in maybe our own things though you may get a message directly from god through the preaching of the word this morning and that's my prayer chapter uh chapter three verse one in colossians says if or since then you were raised with Christ. And it's so important because as a believer, it's not an if. It's a since. You were raised with Christ. And we've established that in the previous two chapters, that we were dead, we are alive and in Christ, and He is the all in all. And so life is different. We are alive in Christ. And so since there's a since there, we have to see what this is about. Since then you were raised with Christ, what does He want us to tell us? It says, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Since you were raised with Christ, set your mind on things above. Actually, I read that because that's verse 2. Verse, the first one says, seek those things, in my version, which are above. But let's camp out on since you were raised with Christ. You were dead. You were hopeless. You were racked in your sin. You had no purpose. You had no hope. And Christ came by His grace caused you to believe by his grace caused you to be saved by his grace caused you to be justified as we talked about last week and you became alive and raised with christ and we're gonna we've talked that it's not just raised alive here but that there is a future hope and a glory that awaits us because we're alive we're raised with christ we're alive here the kingdom of god has been established in our life now we're living out the kingdom right now we're not waiting for eternity. The moment you called on Jesus to be your Savior, you entered into eternity. This is the beginning of eternal life. Thank God it gets better. It's not going to be eternal life of what we know here. It's not even going to be eternal life of the best day that you've ever had. This is, this is just a shadow of the place that we're living in here, but it is the beginning because we will never die. And so you've already began, if you've called on Jesus, you've already began the journey in eternal life. And we see some of the glory of God here. But because we're living in this, in this flesh, we're not fully, fully alive until we go to be with Christ. And there's a glory that waits us that we can't comprehend. And so that should give us some excitement. Since you were raised with Christ, immediately should begin to stir these things in our heart. And what does it say? It says... Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. There's the picture. The, the right hand of God, when you read the scriptures, whenever you see the right hand, it's different possible meanings. And I'm going to tell you some of them. So whenever you see the right hand, the right hand of God is a place of authority for one. At the right hand of God 
it means that Jesus has all the authority of God. And we know that Jesus is all in all. He and the Father are one. So he's sitting at the right hand. The, the sign of the right hand is also a place of honor and glory. And so Jesus is full of honor and glory. The, the, the right hand is also a sign of fellowship in agreement with other people. He's giving him the right hand of fellowship. When you extend your right hand in fellowship, that means that you're in agreement and accord. And, and, and there is such a, a, a teaching on that. It says, don't lay hands on anyone suddenly. You don't want to enter into agreements with people all the time real, real easily. The right hand of fellowship means that we're, we're in agreement. We're in accord. So Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father is full of glory and honor and power and authority and fellowship. And then did you know that you are in Christ? Didn't we learn that we're in Christ? So that means if Christ is at the right hand of the Father and He has power and authority and glory and honor and fellowship and we're in Christ, that means with God we have power and authority and the honor and the glory and the fellowship. Isn't that exciting? I think it's, that's really exciting, Pastor Rob. I, I, it, it really should make us excited to understand that we're not just sitting around looking at the front of a wall hour and a half every week, but that our lives have been changed and we've been raised with Christ. And this is exactly what Paul is writing to the church at Colossae because he says, if you were raised with Christ, then seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Seek the things above. If you're new, if you're alive in Christ, then you should seek the things that are above, not the things of the earth. I'm going to read the next, next verse because it says, then set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. Now, you might read that and say, oh, this, it's two, two ways of saying the same thing. Set your heart on things above. Some of your versions says, set your heart on things above. Um, my version says, seek those things which are above. And then the verse 2 says, set your mind on things above. There are two different words, and there's two different meanings behind them. The first one, seek, is, is about your desires. It's your affections. So the first, in, in 3.1 there, it says, let your desires, let your affections be for the things of God. Let your affections be for the things above it's the same word as in Matthew 6, 33, when it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It wasn't, it wasn't just look for the kingdom. It set your heart, set your affections on the kingdom of God. And so now Paul is writing this to us, saying, Set your heart and your affections on there, not on here, because you were raised. You're dead to this world. How come if we're dead to this world and we're living in Christ and we've been raised with Christ, do we spend so much energy and time concerned about how life goes on this earth? There needs to come a change and a shift in our thinking and that's exactly what Paul is exhorting us this morning. We're alive. Set your affections, your passions, your heart on the kingdom of God and the things above, not on the earth. And then it goes on, and he says in verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on the things of the earth. And that really is a thinking. It's a mind. So, so first it's your affections. And now he's saying, but also don't just let it be your affections there. You need to set your mind on things above. Well, why does he have it both ways? And here's, I believe, one of the reasons. Many of us say things like, you know, I really just, I just love the Lord. And my heart is just to serve him. 
but we find ourselves not doing it. You say, well, is my heart bad? No, I think your heart's right. Your heart, only you know, and you know. You know, don't you? God knows too. If your heart is there, but I hear this statement a lot and I've said it myself. You know, I, my heart just cries out and I long for God. And then I find myself struggling. You find yourself doing the things that you don't want. Say, well, what, what, what's the thing? Maybe you haven't understood Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind on the things above also. See, we entertain in our minds too much junk, too much world. We let the world come into our minds all the time. And if we don't get a hold of our minds and set the, uh, the, the, the mind on the things of God, then we're battling the thoughts. We're battling the temptations. We're battling these things because our mind hasn't been fully put on the things of God and the kingdom of God. Your heart's there, but your mind's not. You allow the cares of the world. You allow the thoughts of the world to come in. It can be similar when, you, when we raise our children. I don't think, I, I've met very few parents and probably never met any, really, that don't love their kids. But we've all said, they don't love their kids. Why? Because their actions say differently. You know, that's a big judgment to say that their hearts aren't loving, aren't for their kids. But it's easy to say their actions aren't. What happened? They didn't take control of their thoughts that then produce the actions. Their heart might be towards their children, but they've never gotten a control of any of the actions, and so therefore they mistreat them. And through their actions, they're not loving at all. We do the same thing with God. And that's a danger. We don't want to just have our hearts after God, but our whole life should follow and flow into that. And one of the ways to do that is by setting our minds on the things of God. And right away, I'm under conviction. And if you're not, we got to get you there. Because immediately we say, what is going on in your mind? What's going on in my mind? What are you allowing into your thought process? What movies are you watching? What music are you listening to? What uh, source of media? What news? What are the things that are speaking to you that is causing your mind to be on these things, those things, instead of the kingdom of God? We've got to be really careful because whatever we're listening to, whatever we're watching, these things are what's going to dictate our mind's thoughts. And then from our thoughts, our actions are going to flow. And so we got our hearts... I, pr I pray and believe that our hearts in here, they're for God. You, you probably wouldn't be here this morning if your heart wasn't for God. But how about our mind? And that's going to take some, some work because we have our stinking thinking. With this, this, this big old thing on top of our shoulders has got a lot of memories. It's got a lot of pictures. It's got a lot of junk in it. And it's getting more every day. And so it says, set your mind on things above. Bible says that we need to be washed with the water through the word. My brother, my brother used to say, you people, you know, he was a fanatic at one point in his life, and, and people would say, man, you, you got brainwashed because he was into partying and all these things, and he became this radical for Jesus. And, and they would say, man, you've been brainwashed. And he says, that's good because my brain needed a good scrubbing. Okay? You know, let's not back away from the point of being brainwashed. We need a, we need a brainwashing because there's so much junk that happens in our mind. 
And so we need to set our minds on the things above. Now, we've, ra- we, we've established the point, but I'm going to say it again, that Christ is our all in all, that we are in Him, and apart from Him, we can't do anything. Again, we're in Him. You know, we can't do this. But we are alive already in Him. So because of that, we can set our hearts, our affections, and our minds on Him. Not on the things of the earth. And I appreciate Paul, you know, he, he, he says, he added that not on the things of the earth. Because we might say, you know, my mind is on God. But by putting it not on the things of the earth, we'd say, oh, but my mind is also on the things of the earth. Right? Sometimes we can say those things. You know, my mind is on God. And it is. But it's also on the earth. We need to begin to take our minds off of the things of the earth and more onto the Lord. Amen? Why? Verse 3, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is the, the fun point. You're dead. Stop trying to live like you're not. You're dead. You came to Christ. Your life is hidden with, with Him. And it's like we, we're sneaking out of the house late at night. Hope I don't get caught by God. I'm going to go live like the world for a while. We're dead. Our life is hidden. Don't try to live like the world. Don't think like the world. Set your heart, set your affection on the things above. Verse 4. Because when Christ, who is your, our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. I have Christ in my life. I desire to live in him. That's an interesting dynamic. We're in Him. He's in us. But someday, the trumpet will sound. Christ will return in his, all of His glory. And we will appear with Him in that glory. Thank God this isn't all there is. I think I would have given up. I just think I would have given up. You know, I... I love you and I love the things that God has done in my life. But there's been some hardships too. And if there wasn't glory and eternity waiting for me, He didn't just save me so that I'd have a better life here. He saved me so that I wouldn't spend eternity in hell. And that I would finally be with Him forever. Now there's a lot of blessings to walking in the Lord and He does amazing things. But there's a, a moment of glory that's waiting for us. And we need to be reminded of it. Set our mind on the things above. He's coming back. He's coming back in glory. We want to live in Him and live for Him and live through Him. In Him we live and move and have our being. When Christ, who is our life, appears. Where are you getting your source this morning? He is our life. But I can tell you in times past in, in, in my life, He hasn't always been my source. I've allowed other things to become my source. Sometimes a relationship. Sometimes a job or significance. Don't let that be your life. Let Christ be your life. Let Him be the source of all of your strength. So we, 
we, these things are written in these first four verses, and then it's a therefore, verse 5. Right? What is therefore? Whenever you find a therefore, go find out what is therefore. We established you're alive in Christ. We're setting our, our minds on Jesus, on the kingdom of God. We're setting our affections, our heart, on the kingdom of God. We're in Him. Glory is awaiting us. So therefore, put to death your members. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. You know, it doesn't say, stop doing them. It says, put them to death. The King James is just a fun, fun version, and that says, mortify. Mort- you have mortify, right? That's a fun word. Mortify. That preaches. You know, King James is preaching. That's a preaching, preaching language. Put to death. These things, you've already been raised and are free from them. Christ has set us free, yet these things want to come to life and you need to put them to death. We don't just stop doing them. We put them to death. Let them have no power in your life any longer. Let them be put to death. See, people can stop doing things out of sheer will but they're still alive and they're reaching to get a hold of them all the time. But as we put our affections and our mind on the things of God and allow us to live in Christ, empowered by Him, strengthen Him, and accept the point that we are alive and that we're free from sin, these things can begin to be put to death, not just on our own will stop doing them. Because we've all tried to do that and it doesn't work. But as we set our hearts and our minds on God, these things lose their power over us. We don't have to go into into these things individually too much, but these are thought processes. These are attitudes. This is a way of life, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire and covetousness. This is a way of living he's talking about. not talking about individual sins here. There are individual sins that we could pick on, but he's talking about a lifestyle. Put those lifestyle, put those attitudes, put those things to death. Don't just stop doing them. We should have, these things should not be present in our life, their attitudes. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon you, the son of, coming upon the sons of disobedience. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the, dis, the sons of disobedience. You ever think about why the Old Testament is full of death and murder, all at the, not all, but sometimes at the hand of God, and the New Testament is so, for the most part, void of that. Ananias and Sapphira bugs me because that's a New Testament wrath of God on the spot. You know, Revelation says that in the end times, there'll be bowls poured out on the earth. You know what those bowls are? They're the bowls of wrath. They're the bowls of the wrath of God that has been stored up since the time of Christ. 
And they'll be poured out onto this earth in the end time. I used to know people who says, I can't wait for the tribulation. It's going to be cool. It ain't going to be cool. God in the Old Testament, we, we, he showed us who his power and his wrath, and he would slay hundreds of thousands of people. People haven't changed, and so God's going, well, there's not, nothing's got me angry enough this week to kill anybody. His wrath is being stored up. And it'll be poured out on the sons of disobedience. You don't want anyone you know to be a son of disobedience who will receive the wrath of God. You don't want to be the receptor of the wrath of God. But it says in verse 7, hallelujah, says because of these things, verse 6, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. We don't walk in them. We don't live in them because we have been raised with Christ. We have a new position. We're dead to sin. We're alive in Christ. We don't walk in it any longer. But now yourselves are to put off all of these. Another word, to put off. It's like taking them off. It's just not fitting. It's like clothing. It's not stop doing it, but put them off. Take it off. Don't walk in it any longer. Don't live in it any longer. Let these attitudes be removed from you, mortified, killed. And it goes and says, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. If you find yourself wrestling all these things, you're just agreeing with the devil. You're agreeing with the old man. You're raising him from the dead. He's dead. But if you find yourself walking in wrath and disobedience and lying, then you are agreeing with a dead man. Don't walk in that. Walk in life. And how do we do that? We set our affections and our minds on the things of God, not on the things of the earth. But you have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. This renewing is a long process. You need to be transformed. Romans 12 once says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to be transformed and renewed and it's a lifelong thing because we live in this world and every day we're hearing and we're seeing the things of the world. And it's a constant fight so we have to set our affections and our mind daily, moment by moment on the things of God. When this attack comes in, we have to say no. We don't don't play in the enemy's territory. We set our heart. We set our mind. It's one of the great things about living in community, living in a life group, not just the community of Big Bear, but being in in a relationship with other believers that you can call at any moment and say, I'm, I'm listening to the wrong source today. My mind is not in the right place and I'm having a hard time taking every thought captive. Will you help me? We have to be, it's, it's really hard to do that on your own, but if you live in that community where you could be open and honest, they can help you. Come and read the scriptures with you. Help us to put our hearts and our minds on the things above. It's being renewed in knowledge according to the image of Him who created Him. God wants to impress His image, His life into our mind to be renewed so that we see Him and not this world. 
verse 11, finishing up this little section, says, Where there is neither Greek or Jew or circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and in all. Basically, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. We're in Christ. If you're in Christ, then it becomes a cinch you're in Christ. But you have to be in Christ in order for any of this to apply to you. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter if you are religious or non-religious. It doesn't matter your position in life. Christ is all and in all. Starts with Christ, it ends with Christ, and Christ is in the middle. We set our affections on Him. Get a hold of this, this thing on top of our shoulder. Man, this mind is always running the wrong direction. We've got to rein it in. Moment by moment. Just, but you can't just stop the thoughts. You've got to replace it. You've got to replace it. You know, if, if I say, okay... Nobody in here think about purple elephants. Okay, stop it. Don't think about purple elephants. What did we do with our kids? Well, maybe, maybe you didn't figure this out until it was too late. They get something in their mind and you just go, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Spanking, yelling, right? And they just, they won't stop. Good parents, you know what they do? Look at this. And next thing you know, the kid's running over here. Replace the thoughts with the things of God. Set your mind on the things above. Oh, I just want to go out and do this thing. I just want to go out and drink. Just going to go out and hook up. I just want to lie. I just want to steal. These thoughts come in and we say, you know, set my mind. My heart's there. My heart's on the things of God, but my mind's not. I'm allowing too much junk in. I set my mind on the things of God. Worship helps us to do that. That's why things drift away in the time of worship. Because it's helping you to think about the things of God. Maybe you need to build the practice of worshiping at home more. These things can be horrible leashes but they can be wonderful they got bible programs on these now i've got books downloaded i get francis chan gets to speak to me whenever i want him to can talk about the crazy love and holiness of god i just turn this on and begin to listen and read the bible i even can listen to the bible i sometimes i'll just turn this on and i'll push play and it'll begin to read the bible to me if i can't read because when i'm driving down the street and I'm trying to read the Bible at the same time. I, I'm, not, I'm not texting, so it's legal, right? So I'll, I'll push play and just let it read the Scriptures to me. Helps me to put my mind on things above. I don't need to worry. God's my co-pilot. He'll keep me safe. How's your mind? How's your heart? You can't stop sinning. But watch the difference as you let God wash over you in, in presence as you set your mind and you just cause your mind to be thinking about the things of God, the attitude of God. 
you know, we learn a lot about his love and his forgiveness and his mercy. And as we think about these things, you'll see the freedom come more and more and more. But you worry about the things of earth and your mind goes on to the things that we're thinking of now. And we're going to live like the sons of disobedience, even though we're not one of them. Father, apart from you, we can do nothing. But we thank you that you set us free. We thank you that in your word we've already established that we are free from the enemy. We're free from sin. We're free from the power of death and the power of the enemy. And we have been made alive in Christ and we've been raised in Christ. And since then, Father, we desire to not just set our affections, but also our mind upon the things above, not on the things below. God, we make that choice to put off and mortify the things, the works of the flesh, the attitudes, things that desire to bring us down, though they are powerless over us, we give them power by agreeing with them. We put them off today because you've already made us alive in you. And we think about you and we set our hearts and our mind upon you. Help us. We thank you for your forgiveness and your grace each and every new. We thank you that your mercies are new every morning. So as we leave today, let us leave with you, with the kingdom of God in our thoughts. Let our knowledge be renewed in the image of you. God, help us to be brothers and sisters who would encourage one another cause other people's thoughts to also be upon you and not to be other places. I thank you for your mercy, your sacrifice. And I thank you for this amazing church family that we are. Be with us. Keep us in you this week. Join us together throughout the week and as we meet with one another encourage one another. Father, I pray that you'd even bless our food at the barbecue. Father, bless our fellowship time as we go to Meadow Park. In Jesus' name.